Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Pilot Podcast. I am Jared Cornett. I'm joined by my two bearded co-hosts. Admittedly, one is uh, has a much redder and much longer beard, and one has also a much shorter and grayer beard. He did have a birthday this week or past week, so it makes a little bit of sense. I think he now qualifies for the uh, senior discount at Bojangles. We'll start with you, Alan. How are you doing? Uh, not as old as you guys say that I am, uh, but I'm doing well. I'm sitting outside recording this, and they have said turkey litter. Uh, litter is a nice way of referring to refuse on the fields outside my house. And so I'm enduring one of the plagues of Egypt to record this podcast of flies. Uh, but other than that, I'm doing all right. Yeah, and I'm doing well in uh, May Hill. We've got a little warmer day today, but another cold front coming in. And I think on our last episode, I visited about the fire that we had to our north. Uh, I think it's pretty well contained because we got, they got, uh, almost about a foot of snow started falling on it. And uh, of course, some of that was going to evaporate and so forth, but that slowed everything down, made it a little easier for the firemen and firewomen to handle that. But uh, but anyway, we're doing well. I'm going to be going to Fort Worth, Texas to graduate this Friday and uh, joining a couple of hundred of my friends there and uh, to become a Southwesterner er. Uh, for my second uh, trip around Southwestern Baptist Theological mm-hmm. Seminary. But uh, but anyway, wrapping that up, and uh, so pretty pumped about that. And then I'm going to get to preach at my home church, First Baptist Church in Grand Prairie. And, Jared, we've talked about this on a recent episode. I'm going to get to go to Babe's Chicken Dinner House because my mama said... I ain't buying you any books. I'm not going to give you any cash. And so I want you to come up with something else for a graduation gift. Instead, I said, how about you watch the girls and I take Rebecca to Babe's Chicken Dinner House and uh, and then go to a Texas Rangers ball game. And so she's going to cover the bill for that. And uh, so I got front row seats. <laughs> not really, but, but yes, doing well. How are you, Cornette? I'm doing great. Uh, I had Babe's Chicken for lunch today. We Again? If we had a prospective discipleship pastor in town and his wife, and they said, hey, we've never had babes. We've heard it's great. I said, well, let's get some babes. We'll get it to go. We'll bring it back to my house. We we'll hear my family. It'll be great. And so I had babes for the third time in three weeks, and it was delicious. Yeah. And I always know Matt Hensley is in Dallas because I get a text message that says, hey, are you in your office? Yeah. Uh, which usually means Matt's on his way to my office uh, to get a Dr. Pepper and a, yeah. a chat with Carolyn. So I hope we get to see you next week while you're in the, the metro mess, as uh, many people call it out here or the Metroplex. Yes. And maybe the Rangers will play good, but I, I really doubt it. Yeah, no, not you're not a Rangers fan, so you don't care. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. It's just my only complaint is that the very next week, we would be playing the Houston Astros. It would be <laughs> absolutely amazing. He uh, should uh, complain uh, to Dr. Greenway about when he scheduled his graduation. He should have scheduled it around. Uh, uh, I just need to say, do you know who I am? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dr. Greenway, if you're listening, we're very sorry. Well, we're not here to talk about Matt's graduation or Dr. Pepper's in my office or Alan's senior discount at Bojangles. We're here to talk about the Southern Baptist Convention and all the things going around with that. And there's not as much going on right now, but we had some big announcements recently, including nominations for the Executive Committee, Guidestone, uh, NAM, IMB, Seminaries. Those were announced, and those are on Baptist Press. You can go through those. Uh, also, we got the uh, annual meeting schedule uh, has been released. Uh, more auxiliary events are being released. And we got some info about crossover. So we'll just combine all that kind of 
in the one topic, you guys looked over the committee list. Uh, what do you guys feel uh, like with our executive committee and everything going on there? There's been a lot of conversation about that. Uh, let me ask you this. What do you think qualifies somebody to serve on the Southern Baptist executive committee or any of our uh, trustee board? Yeah, they have to give 100% of their budget to cooperative program. No, Amen. Uh, there was a good good discussion. I will say that a friend of mine called it the uh, Book of Chronicles of the SBC because I, like I, I kind of approached it as I'm reading through my my eyes just kind of glazed over. I'm like I'm looking for names that I can recognize. You know, there's Dean and Sarah, some of those kind of guys. Uh, I was looking for the New Mexico folks, the Texas folks, some some that I may know. And uh, but yeah, there was a pretty interesting uh, Twitter discussion between some of our friends uh, Brad Graves and Andrew Abear. And uh, Brad, I believe, is in Oklahoma. Andrew's in Amarillo, Texas. And uh, there was just a discussion about what what's kind of the appropriate level of giving for these nominations. And uh, and and they one, I was just glad that there was a Southern Baptist topic that was being discussed gracefully on Twitter. I didn't think that was even ever happening. And uh, so I was glad to see that. Uh, but, but yeah, I think for me, there's this idea of kind of like the smell test. Like if I see a guy that, that is announced and, you know, doesn't have any baptisms, has minimal giving, you know, some of this kind of stuff. And maybe I look at his social media and it's just kind of a, war path of whatever like that's not going to pass the the smell test for me if i look at a guy that's got you know blowing and going with baptisms and everything else and and maybe gives a little less like i might want to look and see why you know does uh is he in a lower income area is it hard to get by at the church are there other things that they're giving to what what is it uh because i think nam with their church plants they have a minimum of five percent uh, for for their folks to give through the cooperative program. Uh, when I was in uh, the Acts 29, we had a minimum amount that we had to give back through uh, the Acts 29 network. So there's, there is this idea that you need to have some skin in the game. And uh, I don't know that there's a magical number. I, I think we throw out 10%, 5%, whatever. I think just the fact that you are giving and giving generously shows that you are a part of this. And if you're going to lead in some measure, then you have to have some skin in the game. You know, it's not pay to play, but at the same time, you know, how are you going to lead if you're not giving anything? And we've had people nominated before, uh, or actually just last year, uh, that gave 0% to the cooperative program. And so I don't know what the magical number is, but I know that it's not 0%. <laughs> and so it's got to be above that and below 100%. Like somewhere in there, there's this kind of sweet spot that just shows that you are a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I talked to Andrew about it, and then I'll, I want uh, Jay Allen to, to chime in. I talked to him about it. We've got a member of our church that on the first of every month uh, writes a $25 check. Uh, she is not able to write it. She she needs help to you know fill out the the words and some of that kind of stuff for it. But it is the most moving time that I've had as a pastor to walk with her through that tithe. That is twenty five dollars. It barely covers you know a quarter of our electricity. It barely covers a sixteenth of our heat. It doesn't cover a whole lot, but it is a very big gift for her. And I think each church. Uh, you know, with their context, where they're serving, what their needs are, and so forth. What is a sacrificial 
gift, whether it's through Lottie, Annie, CP, whatever it might be, it really shows that you have some skin in the game and you truly are a part of what we're trying to do together. You know, we talk about better together all the time, but put up or shut up in some way, you know, give to, to kind of show that that's something that you believe in. I don't know that there's a magic number either. All those things always come up anytime somebody's running for office or you know, coming on board with being a, a trustee or a committee member, those kinds of things. Uh, one of the things that I think is important as well is uh, being involved, uh, you know, not just giving your money, but having some kind of involvement in the convention as well. Um, you know, if somebody has never attended an annual meeting, um, and I know that can be difficult for some people, or they're, they're just not involved, putting them on one of these committees might not be the best thing either. Um, I don't have a whole lot of experience on the national level. Um, I know I was uh, nominated one time to serve, but it was at a very contentious time in which a lot of nominations were coming in for the role in which I was being nominated and did not uh, serve in that capacity, which was fine. Um, it was an honor just to be considered. Uh, but on the state level uh, here in the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina, um, I've got friends that are on the nominating committee. Uh, and it can be a real struggle to find people that want to serve some of the committees. I don't know that that's as much of a problem because you have many, many more churches and, and really not that many more spots. But I think involvement beyond just giving matters as well. And one of the biggest factors that I see when I look through the, the Chronicles list uh, that you mentioned earlier is I do see a lot of last names that I know. I don't always know the first names, but I know the last names because they're the spouse of somebody who's more prominent, maybe as a pastor, those kinds of things. And I don't know that this is a good thing or a bad thing, uh, because you certainly have to know people to nominate them. Uh, the Committee on Nomination certainly needs to know people. Uh, but I think there are probably a lot of people, lay people and clergy both, uh, because these committees are filled by lay and clergy alike. Um, that would do a really good job of serving in these roles, but because they're not necessarily connected or plugged in or has the right um, people that they know, they may not be able to serve. I don't know what the right fix for that is. I know um, on our state convention level, they take recommendations, and um, that may be the case for the SBC, and I've just missed it. And if it is, please correct me. Um, but there are probably a lot of willing and qualified and faithfully giving, attending, and participating people that would serve that don't necessarily get a shot at it. I was just going to say, I'm pretty disappointed that I didn't see Wiley Drake's name on any of these. And so that is going to be a motion I'm going to have to make. Like, he just needs to be like an ex officio member of each of these in, in some shape or form. I think that's necessary. I'm not sure that he's physically able to do all that right now, though. Yeah, that's true. Maybe like an emeritus title. Uh, second Vice President Emeritus to the Southern Baptist Convention. Going back to the cooperative program giving, I don't know what the number is. Our, our church gives 5% uh, to the cooperative program, uh, which I think is a, is a healthy number to give. Uh, and we give more when we can. We've got in our budget this year, uh, depending on how our year looks, we're going to bump that up to 6%. And we're trying to get healthier there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, churches that are active in their role, churches that are, are doing what they need to do, um, with their, you know, involvement, like Alan said, if you're nominally involved on the national level, probably not the best idea. Uh, but you look at these nominations, and uh, a lot of people complain whether there's a certain gender uh, or ethnicity. Uh, and uh, I'm looking past those things and just asking uh, if these people are qualified. Do they go to a Southern Baptist church? Are they doctrine aligned? 
with the Baptist Message 2000 as their church give to the cooperative program. If so, then they're qualified to be on the, these committees. And I'm just grateful that there are people who will serve. I served at a church in Virginia where you had to have a quorum to have a business meeting. And I remember when the, the pastor was poking his head in the youth when we were ending, he would let me know how many youth we needed to get a quorum for the business meeting. So I'd have to get six youth. You got to go to the business meeting tonight. Otherwise, because you guys are members and, or we're not going to have a quorum to have our business meeting. So I'm just grateful we got people that are willing to serve uh, and do these types of things because uh, it's not easy uh, to give time and uh, travel and, and, and do those things. I remember when the trustees would come to Southeastern when I was a student there, that was a big deal. And Danny Aiken always made a big deal about us thanking our trustees uh, for doing those things. And in fact, you know, my church, we just elected a trustee this past Wednesday night to replace um, uh, uh, one of our trustees who passed away. Uh, and so uh, grateful and willing that people are willing to serve and that not throwing a big, uh, you know, fuss about any of that. But that's not all we saw. We saw that the annual meeting schedule came out and that crossover this year is going to precede the annual meeting. Have any of you guys ever done crossover before? Um, I have not. I've only attended one annual meeting and I misread the dates and left a day early. So I, I certainly have not gotten there early uh, to do something when I, I didn't stay long enough. <laughs> I did crossover 2014 for the Baltimore annual meeting. Uh, it was part of a class uh, that I took through Southeastern uh, for crossover in the Cinematics Convention. And it was a week long and we took classes during the day with all the other seminaries. So basically this class of 150 seminary students from all the other seminaries, all the professors lectured. Uh, I remember Thomas Johnson from Midwestern Lecture, Dr. Finn from Southeastern Lecture. And I can't remember who lectured from all the other schools at the time, but it was uh, really cool to get to hear professors from other schools lecture. And then we were divided up with people from other schools to go out and evangelize. And I, uh, my group was um, given a task to find where Pakistani Muslims lived in the Baltimore area. And we were able to identify that, get some information to some church planners, uh, very worthwhile thing. So if you can't even participate in crossover, uh, it's great that you can at least pray for the lay people and the seminarians who go and do that thing. And we saw the schedule with annual meeting. Matt, you're kind of a nerd when it comes to these things. You know where you want to sit so you could be on camera at the prime time at the annual meeting. You saw the schedule release. You probably have it memorized. What did you think about it? Well, for saw a few things. One, uh, fewer panels, and uh, I just saw a lot of conversation about that the, the last couple of years of just how many there were and when everything else is getting rushed around. Uh, I also think moving the resolutions uh, a little further up is probably a good thing, certainly considering some of the issues that we've had in the, uh, the last couple of years or particularly uh, two years ago, I guess it was. And uh, just to have enough time where it doesn't seem like that is rushed or we're trying to get out the door or people are trying to get to their flights or whatever, I think that's gonna be good. Uh, you know, for, for me, I, I just always wanna make sure that, that I'm in the room when it comes time to, to celebrate uh, the IMB uh, time. And uh, that's always a moving time for, for me. Look forward to it. And yes, I do usually find myself in front of one of those numbers and kind of peek my bald head uh, up into the bright shining lights and blind everybody in attendance. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it looks pretty good. Uh, I am, I'm looking forward to it. We, we need to meet. <laughs> and I think we needed to meet last year, obviously for clear reasons we weren't able to, but we really need to. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing my brothers and sisters all over the country come together. And uh, and it, it looks good to me. I'm, I'm pumped. Are you guys registered for any of the uh, auxiliary events? Swibbit's alumni lunch 
And I guess, well, the SIN conference, of course, because I will have to be there for, for that. But I've got my wife with me this time. And uh, so I'm not sure how many of those we're going to take in. Usually it was always like I would even double register and go in, get my swag and go to the next one. <laughs> but I don't know that my wife wants to be doing all of that kind of stuff. So we'll see. I've got a few on my mind. Uh, I'm registered for the STEM conference and I think I registered for Baptist 21. I'll have to double check. So much of that stuff was released month ago, months ago and y'all talk about how old I am. And so you just my memory slips, I guess. I can't remember. I have to check my email. Uh, but if not signed up, I'm going to have to sign up for those. I really enjoy uh, the events. Uh, two years ago, I, I know that you missed a bunch of them because uh, Southwest was trying your your sanctification. Uh, but I still managed to get you that NAM swag. Just never forget that. Sin Conference, I'm registered for Baptist 21 and the Andrew Peterson for the Church of Midwestern. I'm registered for uh, I, I'm going back and forth. If I want to go to Baptist 21 or the Sibbets. Uh, uh, alumni and friends lunch with Dr. Aiken. I haven't decided yet. I may call on Alan once more. <laughs> gather thee the swag uh, for me, but we'll, we'll see. But the annual meeting schedule looks great to me, and uh, I always look forward to the auxiliary events and then roaming the, the exhibition hall and finding as much swag as possible, and there will be an exhibition hall. Though I wonder if it will be toned down as compared to years past. What do you guys think? I don't know. I've, I've seen some of the other conferences that are going on right now. I guess it's going to matter whatever the, the rules are in place at that moment. I've seen some of the other conferences that are happening and they've got the full on, you know, exhibit hall space, that kind of deal. So I, I hope so. Uh, but, but I don't really know how that's going to work. I do want to challenge folks uh, ju just to kind of bring us to that crossover thing briefly is, is look for opportunities to be a good, loving, kind, gracious Southern Baptist for your time in, in Nashville. You know, if, if they're wanting us to, to rock the mask, rock the mask. If you're going out to eat, don't stiff the waitress or the waiter, you know, give generously, uh, ask people as you're walking to the deal, you know, how can you pray for them? Or has anybody told you today, God loves you. I mean, just be on the lookout for opportunities to share your faith while you're there. Um, and, and I just know how, uh, difficult that is for, for me, kind of, you're wanting to make sure that you get to point A, point B, point C at the right time, but really look for those opportunities as we are there. We've got a ton of preachers, missionaries, church planners, lay people, leaders of churches, all of that kind of stuff coming in that really can impact a city in a good way or a not so good way. <laughs> and so, you know, be, be out, be gracious, be loving as you are there and kind of have your own little crossover event, wherever you're coming for, from just love on that city and serve them. Well, that that's about the only thing that's always on my heart. I just want to be a good witness when I'm out of May Hill as well. So. Southern Baptists already have a large footprint in Nashville, but that's going to be greatly multiplied for the annual meeting. I don't know how many messengers we're going to have. I know at the beginning of April, they said already 6,100 registered for the SIN conference. So leads one to believe that 10,000 is probably a number within reach for the annual meeting this year, especially with everything that we have on the table. I definitely think more people are making an effort to come. And Nashville is a fairly easy city to get to, especially for many of those in the Southeast where there are a lot of Southern Baptists. And so, yes, tip well, uh, be patient maybe when you have to wait for a service or coffee or uh, 
hotel elevator, maybe even let others go ahead of you, show the love of Christ everywhere we go, uh, because if we're wearing those Southern Baptist messenger name tags around town and we're acting like jerks, uh, we're not doing much for the name of Jesus. Yeah, so that, if, if you're I mean, going to act like a jerk, just like flip that name tag around and write like, you know, First United Methodist Conference or something like that. Yes. You know, just don't identify yes. as one of us. <laughs> Amen. All right. Yeah. Well, well, in the South, community is very important. We know that. And uh, especially when it comes to churches and things like that. And a name that probably a lot of people know if you follow football is named Trevor Lawrence. It's been a foregone conclusion for over a year that he would be the number one draft pick uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, quarterback from Clemson University. I had the uh, utmost displeasure of watching him in person defeat my Crimson Tide in San Francisco, California three years ago though we have won a national title since then, Trevor has not. But Trevor is a Southern Baptist. He's, he's, he makes his faith known, grew up in Georgia, went to the Tabernacle Baptist Church. Uh, he, you know, uh, they, t- uh, they talk about this article in Baptist Press, kind of the uh, church's community around him and, and loving on him. Man, I know you read this article. What was your major takeaway with it? We'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. And uh, I, I just love how – you know, they, they were talking about him just being one of the guys, you know, and, and some of my favorite players, and of course I follow more baseball than anything else. My favorite players are the ones that are just regular average Joes that are incredibly talented and uh, in, in a sense, don't really know it. You know, they're, they're just awesome guys to be around. And, and I like that line. And I hope that he can kind of keep that when millions upon millions of dollars comes his way, where it says he was pretty faithful in attendance and just one of the guys. He wouldn't sit there, but answer questions and be a part of the discussion. I mean, this guy really seemed to be involved in the youth group, involved in the church. And, uh, and it seems like he kept growing his hair from the time he was baptized in 2008. I'm looking at the picture there of his baptism and hairs down to his shoulders. Now it's kind of down to the middle of his back. And uh, so I don't know what that says about his true Southern Baptist credentials, <laughs> but, but no, I think it's really awesome and, uh, and something really cool to see and, and to kind of highlight that, that church and the, the importance of having truly a village uh, around a child. You know, Jared, uh, Jay Allen, we, we all have kids and uh, we can't do it our, on our own. Uh, we've got some Sunday school teachers that are pouring into, uh, you know, your, your girls, Murray, and your boys, uh, Cornet, my girls. Uh, we've got different kind of probably adoptive grandparents in our churches, I suspect, too. We need that, and our kids need that. And, uh, and I think really every child in our church, this isn't really the topic, but every child in our church, youth in our church, really needs those kinds of heart relationships with other members in the church, not just the mom and dad or the mom or dad that brought them to the church for them to really have that connection once they get out. And uh, so, so, yeah, I think it's awesome. I'll give you two great examples of that at Plymouth Park. There's a guy named Neil Dacus. He's a deacon, a Gideon, just a faithful servant in our church, sings in the choir. He brings a young man up named Joshua to me last Sunday. He goes, you might think Joshua is my grandson. See, but he's not. I mentor him through the local elementary school, and I bring him to church every Sunday, and I want you to meet him. I thought that was so cool. And uh, my son, my old, youngest son turned two on Thursday, and we had a pool party over at one of our neighbors' house, uh, not our neighbors, or one of our church members' houses, and we had church members come and drop gifts off for him that we didn't even tell that we were having a party, 
and they just love our kids so much. It's great to have that community around you. And this is not the moral of the story, but it might be a nice takeaway. Who knows? Some of these kids you love might sign a $20 million contract one day, and they might even tie some of it to your church. And wouldn't you uh, love to increase your corporate program giving if you get blessed in that way? Maybe you could serve on the Godstone board if that happens. Alan, you, uh, you're a Florida State fan. What do you think about Trevor Lawrence? I mean, great quarterback, obviously. Um, I'm not a a big Clemson fan. When I was in Western North Carolina, there were more Clemson fans than anything else because we were closer to Clemson than any of the other uh, major schools with football programs uh, in North Carolina, except for Western Carolina, but we won't count them uh, for sake of this discussion. Um, I think it's great. I hope he can continue his public witness. Um, I think we've seen time and again that it's often a difficult thing to be in the spotlight. Um, that the enemy often uses uh, believers in the spotlight to tempt them and to try to see them fall and to have public attack. Um, you know, you, you might have uh, some jovial disdain for Trevor Lawrence playing for Clemson. Um, I, I had great, uh, strong feelings about Tim Tebow uh, when he was at Florida. And uh, not my favorite person as a ball player, but, you know, a great guy with a Christian witness, but he was ridiculed for it. And so I, I hope and pray for Trevor Lawrence that the Lord keeps him true and faithful. Uh, protects him and in, in not only his uh, football playing, but also in his uh, ministry to his local church and as public witness. Amen to that. Good luck to Trevor in the NFL, except for when he plays the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm sure that he'll have a, a great long career. Guys, thanks for joining us at the potluck uh, again. Maybe Matt, maybe we'll do an episode of me and Matt in person next week. Who knows what will happen? Uh, probably don't, don't have that much time, but we'll see. But thanks again for joining us at the potluck. Uh, I can hear my kids yelling. That's my cue that it's time for us to wrap this thing up. So I'll say, uh, I hope you had your feeling, had your full. Check out those lists. Check out the schedule. Make it an effort to go to the annual meeting and give the cooperative program. And join us next time. Same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.